Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Jesus, we are here, some of us with smiles stretched across our face, with deep joy inside, laughing from a TikTok or a kid acting a fool in the car ride here. And some of us come depleted, like a dish towel wrung out in the sink, feeling numb. Some of us are grieving the loss of the police officer, Drew this morning. And some of us are still reeling from the gun violence last week at the mall, and some of us can't even bring ourselves to re- read the news. Some of us come stuck, agitated, waiting to be set free from that which contains us, that which eats away at us, that which pushes us to want to escape all reality. And we come to you, Jesus, expecting you to look on us as you do your disciples throughout scripture, to see us for who we really are, your beloved. And then to call us out of the tombs where we live, 
So as we come to praise you, O Lord, find us and set us free. For if the grave cannot contain you, O Lord, nothing we create will either. Amen. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. place where we get to be real with one another. This is a place where we take away all pretense, where we don't worry about what someone else is going to think of us, where we get to be honest about what is eaten away at our soul and where we need Jesus. So let us admit together where we need God in prayer. Lord, Open our eyes this Easter season to see new life breaking through. Forgive us when we do not approach the world expecting the good you can do. Forgive us when we build up barriers while you are actively breaking them down. Forgive us the hardness of our hearts.
This is the greatest news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We get to live in peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite Olivia and Madeline and their parents and grandfather forward for their baptism. This morning, Susanna and Brandon present their children, Madeline and Olivia, for the sacrament of baptism. Olivia and Maddie, Beloved children of God, for you, Christ Jesus came into this world. For you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and cried at last, it is finished. For you, he rose again to new life. For you, he reigns at God's right hand now and forevermore. All of this Christ Jesus did for you long before you would know it. And so through these waters, may the words of scripture come to be fulfilled in your own life. May you love because you have been loved first. Brandon and Susanna, having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach your faith to your children? Do you, members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, support, and nurture Olivia and Madeline through your words and your actions with love and prayer? Will you encourage them to know and follow Christ and empower them to be faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. Holy God, we give great thanks for your Son, Christ Jesus who washed over this world with your love. And in the same way, by the power of your Holy Spirit, may this water now wash over Madeline and Olivia so that in their lives, they too may share your love with others. In your holy name we pray, amen. What is the Christian name of your child? Olivia Elizabeth. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May you come to know everything Christ commanded of you, and may you know that he is with you until the very end of the age. Amen. Madeline Gale, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May you come to know everything he has commanded of you, and may you know that, lo, he is with you always, even till the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are full of joy for all that you mean to us and show us through the gifts of these two precious children. Thank you for Olivia. Thank you for Maddie. Thank you for the hope that they represent, your hope in us even when we don't hope in ourselves, your love for us, even when we don't love each other. Thanks for all that you are teaching and going to teach us about you through them. I thank you so much for Suzanne and Brandon, the love they share, the, the house of faith that these girls will grow up in. Thank you for the extended family and all the support that they have. I pray, Father, that these girls, fresh from your heart, dreams of yours will grow into the dream you have for them, the life that you intend for them. I pray they'll grow into their own skin and that they will become such women of integrity and women of love and faith and hope that they will point many people to you in their lives. And I thank you that all of their life is under your care 
and supervision and shepherding. And we commend them to you because you are the one that we can completely trust with their lives. Lord Jesus, we ask and pray this in your name. Amen. Maddie and Olivia have been received into the one holy Christian church through baptism. God has made them members of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. And so I encourage you during the holy interruption to come up to welcome them as your sisters in Christ and as newly baptism. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning. Our scripture lesson this morning can be found in your program. It comes from the New Testament, Colossians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they may lose heart. Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they may lose heart. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks to God. Well, we about to have some fun this morning. <laughs> With the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, I want to take a few moments and share from a message entitled, House Rules. House Rules. I grew up in a community where it was common to spend a significant amount of time with relatives, cousins and grandparents and aunts and uncles and others, some far and some near. And by the way, I found out as I got older, some of those relatives were not really blood relatives. They were just really cool and good friends who received one of the highest honors my family could bestow upon you by calling you uncle, auntie, or cousin. I was 10 years old before I realized Uncle William was not my dad's brother, but his childhood best friend but I grew up calling him Uncle William. He was family. Any time, this time that I mentioned, any time we were spending together was significant. The time with family members was both impactful and long. I mean, we spent time together as a family. It was common to stay overnight on the weekends and in some cases even during the summer. One of the byproducts of spending this time with my extended family was being exposed to, experiencing, and understanding different house rules, depending on where I was dropped off. Now, before I continue, before I continue, I hear some snickers out there. I need to clarify the language of being dropped off. I don't want to assume we've all been dropped off. Have you ever been dropped off? And by the way, it happens just like it sounded. They pull the car up to the house. Sometimes they don't even park it. They just put it in neutral and slow down. Throw your bags out, open the door, blow your kiss and say, jump. <laughs> now, of course, that did not happen. It didn't happen that way. I, by, by the way, my mom listens to the podcast. Mom, that was a joke, okay? <laughs> you did not do that to us. <laughs> But seriously though, we were dropped off. And as a kid, being dropped off, we didn't visit for the weekend, we were dropped off for the weekend. You're getting dropped off at grandma's after school. Listen for the door, your cousin is being dropped off today. And now that I think about it, that's some interesting language. Sounds like DoorDash for kids, right? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that app? Your grandkids will be arriving in 10 minutes. Wanna track their route. Where would you like us to leave them? Here are your tip options. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, but we, we got dropped off. <laughs> Seriously though, being exposed to and experiencing a diversity of households, I learned two very important things growing up. Number one, all houses had rules. 
all had rules. Now, when you think about a rule, you know, the technical definition, a rule is this explicit or understood regulation or principle governing conduct within a particular activity or sphere, house rules. I think you grew up with some house rules too. Matter of fact, I think some of us may have had some of the same house rules. Let's see, let's, let's play something here for a second. I'm gonna start the rule and let me see if you can finish the rule. Here's some house rules. If you open it, okay. If you turn it on, if you mess it up, if you borrow it, we grew up together, see that? <laughs> house rules, house rules. There are some common house rules. All houses had rules. But then the second thing I learned, all rules were not the same from one house to the other. And though some rules were common, there were some you didn't know were a rule until you broke it. Who can turn on the television? Who can turn the channel once the television is turned on? Who can open the refrigerator? Where and how do we eat? Is this the gather around the table, hold hands and pray and pass the potatoes kind of household? Or is this the every person for themselves, you better get in where you fit in and grab food household? Where am I at today? Who gets to open the Sunday paper first? I wanted those comics, y'all. I wanted those comics. House rules. It became evident to me early in life that the household I was in determined the rules I had to follow. Let me say that again. The household I was in determined the rules I had to follow. And, and quite frankly, quite frankly, there was power in determining and setting those rules. Rules that did more than establish how we engaged in practical daily activities like bedtime and turning on televisions, but also rules that informed and shaped our path to adulthood. Sometimes we find that being creative and self-expressing in one household could be considered disobedient in another. Being inquisitive and curious in one space can be deemed disrespectful in that space. Being self-assured and confident here may be seen as being too grown over there. House rules. All houses had them, and all rules were not guaranteed to be the same from one to another. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children or they may lose heart. Parents and children, children and parents, a fundamental foundational relationship, a relationship that exists in some form or fashion in every culture, species, and region of the world, a relationship that has impact that reaches far beyond the immediate participants, a relationship that was so significant it even made its way into the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother, parents and children, children and parents, a relationship that's been around since the beginning of time. Is there anything new we can learn? If you look at the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, you'll find the heading for chapter 3 in Colossians says, the new life in Christ. The new life in Christ. And if you get to the section that 20 and 21 fall under, it says rules for the Christian household. House rules. Our theme here at Downtown Church for Easter is resurrection. Looking for those places where we are surprised by new life. I believe there's an opportunity in this scripture for us to breathe new life and for that new life to flow into the relationships of parents and children. Relationships in some cases, in some cases that have been damaged, derailed, and disconnected because of house rules. Now, before I go any further, let me state that I am attempting to explore, share, and learn from this particular passage through a nurturing healthy, inclusive, and graceful lens. This, in my opinion, demands that we cultivate a space where we all can see ourselves in the Scripture. So first of all, I want you to understand I am preaching for, to, and with all parents, capital A-L-L, all parents, biological parents, adoptive parents, step-parents, bonus parents, kinship caregiving parents, guardian 
parents, single parents, co-parents, dual parents, two moms' parents, two dads' parents, from parents who conceived and gave birth to parents who received and gave their hearts, we are talking to parents. And number two, when this scripture was written, it's noted by commentators and experts that Greece was a very patriarchal society. Note fathers in verse 21. Where's the mothers at? You telling me moms can't provoke anything? No, let that go. Let that. <laughs> we ain't going. Don't y'all say nothing. <laughs> but the commentators and scholars all agree that mothers are addressed through the fathers. Imagine that, women not being seen and addressed accordingly, but that's a scripture for another time. I make note of this because we're talking to all parents, regardless of how we deem ourselves as parents. Okay, so how can children being obedient to parents and parents not provoking children breathe new life into the child-parent relationship? How can the scripture inform renewing and reviving of a child-parent relationship as stated earlier? Some relationships have been damaged, derailed, and disconnected because of house rules. House rules. You ever notice how we always know how somebody else should raise their children? Anybody know that? You know, we, we, I, I, I can tell you how to raise your kids. I promise I can. You ever know we can fix everybody else's family? I can fix them. If they just do this. You know, we know how every child should behave and how every household should be run. Yeah, I'm not doing that today. I dare not, I dare not stand before you today and tell you how to run your household. I dare not stand before you today and tell you what rules to have as your house rules. But I do think I've got some questions that can help us all. I, I do think, I do think that this scripture can provide an opportunity for us as parents and children to increase our self-awareness and our relational awareness. I, I do think there's an opportunity to revisit a few things that may result in enhancing, strengthening, and solidifying our parent-child relationship. So, some questions from the scripture. Whether I'm a parent, a child, a sibling, or other family member, some questions that can help open our hearts open our minds, open our souls to newness. So what are the questions, Charles? Question number one I have for us to consider today, and you consider it wherever you are. How do the obedience expectations of a child evolve over time? Just think about that for a second. How do the obedience expectations of a child evolve over time? I mean, I mean... Is the three-year-old child and the 13-year-old child and the 33-year-old child expected to be obedient in all things exactly the same? It's interesting because the scripture said, children, be obedient to your parent in all things. There are many profound parental moments. And having raised four children, for me, one of my most profound parental moments was the day I realized that my children have choices. And that didn't win the moment. The moment was this, when I realized my children had choices that were not consistent with my desires. I don't know if anybody can identify with that. That is a profound moment when I realized my children have choices and sometimes those choices are not consistent with mine. And I'll admit, I'll admit, though I stand here now with all my children in their 20s, there are still moments where I wish they would just be obedient to me. If you would just do what I say, if you would just do this, and if you would just, if you would just, if you would just. One of the, the three, my opinion, some of the three hardest words for parents to receive, it's their choice. It's their choice. Now, I don't know when you're going to have that moment, but I promise you that moment is going to come. I don't know what age your children are going to be when you have that conversation, but I promise you that conversation is going to come. And if we as parents and children are not proactive in acknowledging that, we will miss an opportunity to bond and come together and really grow and renew this relationship we call a parent-child. Not based off of assumptions, but based off of, yeah, what does that look like? What are those expectations now when it comes to obedience as the child? And that leads to another question. What are the children being asked to obey? What are the children being asked to obey? As Scripture said, 
If it's the child's duty to obey in the Lord because that's acceptable in the Lord, if it's the child's duty to obey in the Lord, well, here's my question. Is it the parent's duty to make sure the request is of the Lord? If we're asking children to obey in the Lord, what work do we have to do as parents to ensure, hey, is this request of the Lord? And then that led me to another question, which was simply this. And again, you can consider this. You might not need this. I still need this. What can I learn from them? I used to think my job was to raise my children. And I think that is part of my job as being a dad. But I also learned that my children had a mission as well. They were my teachers. I don't know if you ever learned anything from children, but they teach us so much. What can we learn from them and what can they learn from us? My dad used to say this line all the time, and he would say, you need to know something. I've been where you're coming from. I've been where you're coming from. And he would say that to me to encourage me, ask, talk to me, connect with me. You can learn from me. And I'll never forget one day, I was probably in my early 30s, and at that time, my dad was in his late 50s. And my dad called me up and asked me for advice. I about dropped the phone, y'all. <laughs> I about dropped, I was like, what? He's like, he said, yeah, he's, tell me about this. What do you think? I was like, who is this? <laughs> but, but that was that moment of we can learn from each other. But there's a question I want us to really spend some time with this morning, and it goes with the provoking I want you to consider this if you breathe new life into your relationship between parents and children. Simple question. Does this really need to be said? Whew. Scripture says if we provoke, children might lose heart. Lose heart. When I think of provoking, I have this image of like pushing. Like just, have you ever been provoked? Like somebody just keeps pushing and just keeps pushing and keep pushing. Watch this. Have you ever been the provoker? Push and just push. Oh, and by the way, children, I'm not going to lift you off the hook because you can provoke too. So let, that's a whole other story. We all got some provocation in us. But you just push and, you, and it says you get to the point you lose heart. Folks, am I pushing too hard is a question I'm not going to ask us to consider asking. Am I pushing too hard? Do I really need to say I told you so? Some things don't need to be said. Is proving my point more important than valuing the relationship? Consider this. If winning is the objective, then someone has to lose. And I don't know about you, but the child in me does not want my mother to lose, and the parent in me does not want my children to lose. This is not winning at all costs, it's not a competition. We gain nothing. By winning, do I have to say it? Really? How honest and transparent can we be with each other? This scripture, I sent my friend Dawn a message on Wednesday or Tuesday, some point this week, and I said, This is heavy. <laughs> I said, This is heavy <laughs> because. When we open ourselves up to preach and be vulnerable, sometimes we can't help but open our heart and our soul and let some things out. And sometimes it takes us back to some places for ourselves as well. And, but heaviness can be good sometimes. And, and I'm gonna tell you exactly what started coming up for me and perhaps, perhaps these questions can help you as well. How honest and transparent can we be with each other and ourselves? Parent-child relationship. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. We're just figuring these things out. Have you had that parent moment yet where you realize you don't know everything? You had that moment yet? Where you realize I'm kind of just figuring, have you had that trial and error realization yet? We just, we just figuring as we go along, I don't know. I've made some mistakes and missteps. 
See, I think that if we're honest about it, if we're honest about it, both parents and children, house rules, watch this, house rules, both parents and children need a place and a space to rest, a place to recover, to recoup, to prepare, to settle, to gather. If we're honest about that, if we're transparent about that, We've got this thing called the world out here we've got to deal with. And house rules, in this house, can we just have a rule that we can at least get some rest? In this house, in this house, can we at least have a rule where we can have some peace? In, in, in this house, can we cultivate a container or a space where we can accept each other? Because, see, when I go out there, I've got to put a cape on, and I've got to do a lot of things, and I've got to perform. But in here, in here, can we put the sword and the shield down and just be in this house? We have need of that. Can we be transparent? Can mom or dad or grandparent or auntie or uncle, anybody say, I don't have the answers today. And I don't know if I have them tomorrow. Can we be that transparent? See, what I found is that when we can't be transparent and honest and open about the challenges and the trials that we go through as parents and children, those things don't go away. They just remain inside and they fester and they manifest in other ways. Sometimes those ways are like provocation or conflict or disobedience. But what's happening is I don't have the space just to be who I am and say what I want to say. How honest and transparent can we be? Can I be honest enough to tell you I miss you? I miss our relationship. I miss what we were. I miss who we were. I would like to re-engage. Can we get further connected? Can we get close again? Can I be that honest and transparent with you, mom, dad? brother, sister, child. Can I? Can we? We can if we consider the second question. How can we do this together? Together. Parenting and child relationship is not doing to or for or at. It is with and through. I believe the parent-child relationship thrives best when it's a collaborative relationship. A relationship based off of compassion and competency and courage. Compassion, competency, and courage. My heart is involved, my head is involved, and I've got the courage sometimes to make some tough decisions. But we work together. And the final question, and I'm done. Parent-child relationship, obedience, don't lose heart. Where's God? Where's God? In the parent-child relationship, where's God? If the only time God surfaces in the parent-child relationship is when we need God to get somebody to do what we want, I'm going to suggest we're not inviting God to the full party. 1 John chapter 4 reads, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who do not, does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Where's God? God is in the love. Remember when I first started, I said the heading for chapter three was the new life in Christ. In Christ. First John says, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in Christ. Well, if there's a new life in Christ and we want to have new relationships with parents and children and strengthen them and build them and grow them, where's God? Maybe we can learn something new. Maybe it's time for some new house rules. Maybe it's time for the new house rules grounded in the love of Christ. Just maybe. Amen.
We celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion today by intinction. So coming forward, you'll take a piece of bread, which is gluten-free, and dip it in the cup. And the cup at the front by the table is grape juice, and all others hold wine. I believe there are also self-contained communion elements back there under the last smokestack. Hear these words of invitation. Beloved of God for us, Christ Jesus came into the world for us. Christ Jesus lived and showed his love for us. Christ Jesus suffered the darkness of the cross and uttered the words, it is finished. For us, Christ Jesus rose from the dead to new life. For us, Christ Jesus reigns at God's right hand now and forevermore. All of this, Christ Jesus did for us. Even though we are not worthy. And so, here at this table, may the words of Scripture come to be fulfilled in our own lives. As He has loved us, may we love Him and one another. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. Holy God, we give great thanks that you send your son, Christ Jesus, whose body was broken and blood poured out on the cross in love for this world. We give you thanks for the relationships of love that you've given us for our aunties and uncles and grandparents and bonus parents and children. We give thanks that you've called each one of us to raise the next generations in your love. The promises we just made to Madeline and to Olivia through baptism, may we live out those promises to each child in our community. 
And we give thanks for this simple meal which gives us the strength we need to show up in the conversations where you expect us to expect resurrection. Whether it be the parents and the teenagers, the estranged fathers and sons, the aunties who step in where the mother needs help. We meet you at this table remembering the lengths to which you go, O God, for us, your beloved children. We praise you, joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name us now, O Lord, as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We remember on the night Jesus was eating dinner with friends, the night before he was betrayed by them, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said these words, he said, this is my body, broken and given for you. Take, eat, don't forget. In the same way he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he poured it out. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Take, drink, don't forget. Friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving grace until he comes again. And y'all, he is coming again. These are the gifts of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite the elders to come forward. Let us pray. Jesus, our beloved, we give you thanks for inviting us to your table and sharing in your feast. May we know that we have been fed with love and grace, and may we follow you out into the world, ambassadors of your hope. Amen. Let's stand and sing. side of life There's a bright There's a sunny side too Though we meet With the darkness And strife 
the sunny side we also may view. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day, it will brighten all the way. We keep on the sunny side of life. The storm and its fury broke today. Crushing hopes that we cherish so dear Clouds and storms will in time pass away The sun again will shine bright and clear Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side Keep on the sunny side of life It will help us every day, it will brighten all the way Keep on the sunny side of life Let us greet with the song of hope each day Though the moment be cloudy or fair Let us trust in our Savior always He will keep everyone in His care Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side Keep on the sunny side of life It will help us every day, it will brighten all the way We keep on the sunny side of life Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side Keep on the sunny side of life Every day it will brighten all the way We keep on the sunny side of life House rules Let's start with love Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit Rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore Let the church say amen Amen Amen, amen. 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 Go in peace if you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.